Konnichiwa! And howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom! Sumo Kaboom! Where we talk about all things sumo. That's right. We are recording this by candlelight in a dark closet because the weather's really bad out there. Yeah, we never get snow. Anyway, nutshell, we don't get a lot of snow. We got a lot of snow yesterday. Yeah, and not only that, but it's super, super cold, and there are electricity what do they call it? Rollouts? Roll yeah, forwards? rolling. Rolling uh, blackouts. blackouts. That's what they call them. <laughs> we See, we've never experienced them before. And so the electricity comes off and on. So we're in a closet. We still need to record today. So we're here so, by candlelight. Yeah. Not only that, we have pugs in here. <laughs> because my pug, Maggie... She's a hot mess. She's a re- they're both rescues. And she came from California in the desert. And so she's never seen snow. And so she refuses to go to the bathroom. And I have I have tried so many different things to make her. I've cleared off like snow outside. I've I've put a little jacket on her and I've taken her outside on a leash. Nothing happened. So she has not gone to the bathroom and it's been over 24 hours. And I know she can hold it, but she's in here to, for me to keep an eye on to make sure that she doesn't just go to the bathroom anywhere. Yeah, because if Leslie's not around and Maggie thinks, oh, I've got a clear, I've got a clear way to freedom here. She has been known to have a sneak. Sneaky poop here and there. Yeah. So that's why she is here with she's us. She's very quiet and she's sleeping nicely. And she probably thinks it's quite nice. But right now she is being watched. But she, you might hear a pug snore in the middle of this. Right now she thinks she's at a seance. <laughs> it looks like a seance in here. <laughs> all right. So back to our episode. So yeah, this week we're talking about love. And it's all inspired by the story of Terano Fuji getting married, or having his marriage ceremony. Right. A lot of wrestlers get married in February. Yeah, and we're going to talk about why. Why a lot of sumo wrestlers get married in February. So you want to take it away? Yeah, let's start with a news flash. Okay, y'all. Asa Shoryu has a Clubhouse account and will be live voice commentating starting this uh, spring tournament. So you can follow him at Asa Shoryu 68 on Clubhouse. Have you heard about Clubhouse? No. What is Clubhouse? I don't know. I don't know. I've had a lot of friends who've been joining Clubhouse. What is it? I literally don't know. Oh. It's like another social media thing where is people it like connect. Twitch? I I. I'm like, sure, sure. Okay. I have no idea. I just think of it, it's a clubhouse. So come to my clubhouse and see what's happening in my clubhouse. That's all I know. Oh, well, I love it. I think that's great of him to do it. I do too. And that way we can also hear him like shit talk his nephew when he's <laughs> hankaing. Hankaing? Hankaing. Hankaing. Hankaing for the like third time in a row. All right. Daesho, instead of having a victory parade, will be featured in a TV program for a local station. His mother, brother, and dog, Tyrell, will be featured. That's the main reason why I wanted to bring this news to you. That dog is cute. I don't know anything about the dog other than, like, I'm just anxious to, like, see him with his dog. It's going to feature his high school, Saitama, and it's going to feature his stable and his Yusho victory. So that's a little Valentine's for all of us dog lovers out there. We'll get to meet Tyrell, which I think is a great name for a dog, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Reminds me of the Tyrolean Traverse. What's that? 
It's a climbing maneuver where you put one rope across two very high points, and then you kind of move across the line hanging underneath, Tyrolean oh, Traverse. Yeah, something I've never done. Um, although I did climb with you once, and that's when I almost died. Hey, you <laughs> climbed Mount Fuji. I had I not did. done that. Yeah, that. Yeah, but it's, you came back with a stick. I did, but it's a lot less likely that you die on Mount Fuji than the afternoon when I climbed. <laughs> It almost died. <laughs> anyway, um, we can't obviously watch this program that Daisha is going to be in, but we hope somebody will send us the link so we can just watch him and his dog. We don't care if it's in Japanese and we can't understand it. We just want to see it. Also, this to me is the best news of the week. I don't know why I found this so enjoyable, but for all of us Americans in the house, and I don't know, maybe other people all over the world who have this certain restaurant, you will appreciate this little news tidbit. Daesho highly recommend this was this was in the news, guys. Daesho highly recommends the French onion soup at Denny's. <laughs> it's my favorite single headline <laughs> of all time. Okay, so Denny's is very popular here in the U.S. Um, we have IHOP. Well, it's been around for a really long time. Okay, yeah. But when I was in Japan, there were restaurants that like thrived there that I would always be like, why is there a sizzler? And why are there just <laughs> tons of people at the sizzler? Like, we have such better steak restaurants, sorry, sizzler, than sizzler. But they have sizzlers there, and they do very well. So Denny's is one of those that is in Japan, and he's... Daesha specifically said the one at the Akasa Station, which I think might be close to Saitama. Anyway, he said that one is spectacular. It's a second level view. Okay. And meaning it has a nice view, guys. So I reached out to Denny's in Spartanburg, South Carolina headquarters. And I was like, I don't think you know that you just had the most amazing commercial by the last You Show winner, Daye Show. He just went on about how incredible your onion soup was in the Akasa station. And I think you really should know. And I would like to send a gift certificate to Daye Show, specifically from Sumo Kaboom. Yes. And it's just only for like to just give him as much French onion soup as possible. I Oddly enough, did not hear back from Denny's. Now, this was like on Saturday, so it is, I, I'm going to hope. Because i got to know if I buy him a gift card, is it going to work yeah. internationally? Yeah. These are the things I need to know. But also, if anybody else has connections to headquarters Denny's. of Denny's in Spartanburg, South Carolina, I need to know if they can connect with me because I think... You need to seize this this op this moment in time where one of the most famous wrestlers in the world just gave you a beautiful commercial for your French onion soup. I would have thought that he would have been a Grand Slam breakfast fan, but he's not. He's into the soup French guy. onion soup. Yeah, the onion gratin. Which is something I would never order at oh, Denny's. Oh, I would for sure. I go. You would. You are I a French onion soup order French gal. onion soup anytime I get a chance. <laughs> That even, is true, people. Even at Denny's, I might be like, <laughs> well, they can't. How, how can you screw up an onion soup? But, oh, my and, goodness. They apparently, like, rock it. Daesho needs to be your newest boyfriend. He, well, you guys could enjoy French onion soup together, overlooking whatever it overlooks. It's in the subway station. So it's oh, the second <laughs> level of the, <laughs> of the, subway, the subway station. Which must have a lovely view. <laughs> I believe Daesho. So anyway, so that's what I got there. Yeah, my last tidbit of news really comes from 
Tana Fuji, who got married this week, although he's had a license and has been officially married for a while, like a few years. I don't know. The ceremony was held this week. And I know you're going to talk a little bit more about that. Okay. Before we talk about that, I asked our listeners and our viewers and our friends on social media to do some poetry this week, some love poetry for their favorite sumo wrestlers. These people knocked it out of the park. I was completely... (laughs) blown away with their ability to write such beautiful poetry and dedicate oh. it to the wrestlers. But I would you like wait. to hear them? Yes, please. I, I really want to honor every single person. Okay. And I will read every single person's that I have. I am a true fan of poetry, especially terrible poetry. Well, so that is why I'm really (laughs) looking forward to these next few minutes. I think you're really going to like it. So this is from Nate Belton. These are all Twitter friends. Okay. Daffodils are yellow. Inho is tiny. To see him back in the Makauchi sure would be shiny. (laughs) Okay. Simple and sweet. Yeah. Did I say play cue romantic music? Because that's what should be playing right now. Yeah, of course. This is from Tim Simo. There once was, this is a limerick, there once was a man from Hyogo. I like the way you had to point that out to me. Anything that starts with there once was, I pretty much categorize as limerick right away. There once was a man from Hyogo who was quite good at Oshisumo, and in the playoff, he had a great push and the kaiju off the dojo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, so that was that one. I'm ruining the meter on some of these, but it's okay. This is from Super Sumo Bros. Roses are red, violets are blue. It's been two years since we met Kotoshogiku. (gasps) True story. They're going to do it on their next next episode, but they had this whole story where Kotoshogiku listened to one of the interviews that they were on and then wanted to meet them. It was so cool. So I don't know. They're going to do the details. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, this one is really good. I mean, they're all really, really good. Yeah. This is from Brochi Notion. Okay. Tochi Notion's knee. Such agony you create. Ozeki is lost. Nice. Yeah, that's really good. That's a nice haiku. It's drama. It's very dramatic. Yeah. This is from Takagaijin. Shiko insult rose amid the shouts and the claps, staring off to the distance, then flexing those traps. (laughs) Praying for the first you show, your rightful breakthrough, Taganoura's finest, Akira Takayasu. Oh! I mean, I mean, the meter's there. That's the rhyming good. is there. I'm very impressed. Yes. This is from RTY. Oh, Duenaroso. I totally bastardized that. But anyway, this is good. They're, all of these are good. Nose is blood red. Toes are dark blue. You've never gone Kyujo. That's why I love you. You may have gone past it. You may nearly be done. But I'll say, Hakioi! Except he did go out. Well, he's never in the past. And then I know. they don't call it an official Kyujo, I don't believe. They don't? Because he didn't go he the lost... whole t- tournament. He just... Oh, just because he, he was just... gone the last day? Yeah, he yeah since he pulled up. Yeah. Okay. That, I don't know. I could be making that. This... This is this is Mac from Grand Sumo Breakdown. His belly is big, his cheeks are quite jolly. His sumo I dig, and so I boast, by golly. Whether by kilos or ounce, he will always push through. Just watch my boy bounce. That's right, it's Chiyomaru. Yeah! 
That's a Mac. I yeah. like it, Mac. Okay, Hakio Sumo. This is our this is our last bingo win, winner. Hakio Sumo news and stats. Cows eat grass, horses eat hay at Hatsubasho. I really missed Kaisei. <laughs> I have to agree with you there. I really missed him too. Okay, this is from Mo- Moses Gates, Moses NYC. Shout out to New York City. Roses are red, and even though he's Makikoshi, a happy Valentine's Day to my fave, Teretsuyoshi. Oh, nice. Uh, no, it's good writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, n- this is the other one from Bass Plain Fool. He also humbly submits. Roses are blood red, or white as snow. Tom Brady ain't got nothing on Hakaho Show. Boom, boom. Take a dump, bow, bow, bow. Oh, I like that one. Okay. Okay, this one, another haiku. Shake it, Rudin. Wiggle your butt up and down. More bounce to the ounce. I love these haikus. <laughs> they might be my favorite. The last one is uh, from Razgard's 808. <clears throat> Robbie. Strong Oshi Master, with your lady-killing smile, Mitakiyumi, please hear my impassioned cry. Do not ever move backwards. That's the poem. It's good. Has a different, it has different a different feel. feel, a different meter, and it could just be my delivery. But I thought it was lovely. Plus, that one came with a picture with a heart around Mitakiyumi's face. Ooh. You reminded me of something that I forgot to read in the beginning, so let me read this now. Okay, Let me turn on my flashlight, though. So this is some listener feedback from Rod. Rod Lunsford. Rod Stewart? Oh. Rod Lunsford. Okay, well, I'm just as as excited. He says, I love the show. I started following Sumo, the tournament after Tochin Ocean's Basho win. I listen to just about all the English Sumo content I can find, and your podcasts really brighten my work days. I have just one suggestion. Oh, okay. Have you ever considered changing the name of your podcast to Two Girls in a Closet? (laughs) I think this would open up a whole new realm of podcast listeners to you. Just a thought. Thanks for the show. (laughs) But just so you guys know, we are here. We are answering emails. And, you know, when you reach out, yeah, you reach us. Yeah, it may take us a couple of days because I'm not great. We're not great at it. At social media all the time because you and like anyone you just get overloaded with it yeah i'd like to do a deep dive into a completely non-sumo related <laughs> i was trying to figure out what i was going to do this week and it's valentine's day there's love in the air and tana fuji just got married there's just a lot of love and I just went down every rabbit hole just to find one damn folklore, like some story about some wrestler from yeah. ancient days in yeah. love. And there's not one damn love story about any wrestler. <laughs> I guess apparently they're like, once you're a wrestler, you live kind of like a monk. And so we've got no love stories for any wrestlers. But I'm going to tell you about a different love story. I think most people who enjoy sumo enjoy Japanese culture and history, at least I think you do. So if you don't, you can just skip forward to whatever minute uh, after this. Um, But I'm just going to tell you just a lovely Japanese love story. Now, this story happened many hundreds of years ago, and it is a real true love story. So in honor of love and Valentine's Day this past weekend, I wanted to share this story 
This book was written about three years after this event happened by a guy named, I'm going to bastardize this, Saikaku Ihara, and it's titled Five Women of Amorousness, okay? <laughs> and they're, all of these stories, there were five in this book, uh-huh. and they, it's, they are considered amorous or erotic stories back in the 1600s, okay? okay. But anyway, this story was published as The Greengrocer's Daughter. And it's in a collection of stories from 1685. Okay. Now, this story has also throughout the years been become very famous, and it has kind of morphed. It has become a kabuki theater. It has become um, bunraku, which is the puppet theater. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been interpreted into different literature, all kinds of plays. It's been elaborated on. But the base story is a true story of love and consequence. Okay. Ooh. Her name was Yoshi. <laughs> Yarshi? No. She was a pirate's daughter. She was a pirate's daughter. Uh, a Yarshi. I'm the green grocer's daughter. <laughs> I live in Japan. I'm a pirate. We have lost our mind. Yaoya Oshichi. Okay. And she was born in 1667, as you could possibly guess it, to a green grocer. And her name was really, they called her Oshichi. So she lived in the neighborhood of Edo, which is old-timey Tokyo. That's what they call Tokyo. Uh, everything started in the Edo And period. everything started in Edo, <laughs> called uh, Hongo, I think, is the neighborhood. Okay? Now, there was a great fire, the Great Fire of Tenna, and that happened on January 25th, 1683. There have been, by the way, many, many fires in old, old-school Edo. Yeah. Like, we just... Because everything was wood and yeah. was just devastate. Wood and like, paper. Yeah. It would just devastate everything. So it was a big, big deal. It was a brutal fire, and it happened on the tail end of a terrible, massive earthquake that happened six days before. So, so earthquake, then fire. Times was hard. Like snow biting cold. That's right. Electricity goes out. That's right. It's the same Doing thing. Doing a podcast in a closet with candles. So, Yeah. So that's where we are. So there was this family, the greengrocer's family, who lost their house and all of this. And so whenever you lost your house, you went to the local temple and you would shelter there while you rebuild a house. But you would often live at the temple with other people, other families who needed to be sheltered. And so they went to their family temple in the area and they stayed there. The greengrocer's daughter met a young priest in training, oh, a pit oh, oh. or an acolyte. His name was... Ikuta Shonosuke. Okay? Okay. And from here, I will give you the storybook version. And then this comes from a different person's book. This is called uh, Green Willow and Other Japanese Fairy Tales, published in 1912. Yaoya was a poor, hardworking man, but his daughter was the sweetest thing in Edo. You must know she was one of the five beauties of the city that grew like five cherry trees in the time of spring blossom. There were only five back then, I yeah, guess. Yeah, there were only five good Amorous. Well, the rest of them burned. <laughs> Amorous, beautiful <clears throat> women. Yeah, so okay. I like I like this little paragraph. In autumn, the hunters lure the wild deer with the sound of the flute. And the deer are deceived, for they believe that what they hear are the voices of their mates. So they are trapped and slain. Oh. For like calls to like, youth calls to youth, beauty to beauty, love to love. This is law. And the law was the undoing of Yaoya's daughter. 
Okay, so then they go on to tell you about the really big fire and cut yada, yada, yada. So anyway, Yaya's daughter, every morning at sunrise, she bathed in the spring of clean water that was near the temple. Her eyes were bright and her cheeks muddy. Then she would put on her blue (laughs) gown and sit by the waterside to comb her long hair. She was sweet and slender, scarce 15 years old. Her name was Oshiji. Or Oshiji. So a 14-year-old girl. 15. Now, age scarce, is important. Age is 15 important. means 15 or under 15. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you because that's a big part of the story oh. is her age. Okay. So dad said, hey, just stop that lazing about. Sweep the temple and temple courts, okay? Tis well we should do much for the good priest who gave us shelter. So go and take your broom and sweep up. And as she labored, she sang beautifully. And the gray precincts of the temples grew bright in her singing. Now. There was a young acolyte who served in the holy place. Gentle he was and beautiful. Not a day passed, but he heard the singing of Oshichi. Like I said, it was not long before he loved her, because youth calls to youth, beauty to beauty, love to love. It is not long before she loved him. I think we know what loved him means. They they don't say it out, but <clears throat> the next like, one pretty much tells you what they did. Secretly, they met together in the temple grove. Hand in hand, they went, her head against his arm. Ah, oh, she cried, that such a thing could be. I am happy and unhappy. Why do I love you, my own? And he said, because of the power of karma. Nevertheless, we sin. Oh, heart's desire, grievously we sin, and I know not what may come of it. So let me let me truncate this. <clears throat> Maybe it's the candles in front of your face right now, but I mm-hmm. really do feel like puppets should be coming up from behind you. Well, they you, do say all this that of all the interpretations of this and the most popular version, it's the puppet version that's the most popular. I can see it. I feel like I'm sitting in an audience. Ooh, tell me more about this young couple. What will happen of them? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But alas, she said, will the gods be angry with us and we are so young? He said, I cannot tell, but I am afraid. (laughs) I am afraid. afraid. (laughs) Do you like my interpretation? Then the two of them clung together. I think we know what that means. Held hands. Trembling and weeping. So they were holding hands and really scared. And really happy. Well, they pledged themselves to each other. For... So it's a Romeo and Juliet story. A kind of yes. Okay. Kind of yes. The house, though, that Yaoya had been in yep. was now being, it had been rebuilt. Okay. So she had to go back home. Right. Her mom and dad were like, hey, kiddo, let's leave. Stop holding now... hands with this boy. Well, yeah. I mean, he's also like a, he's a pit. He's a priest in training, you know, so. He's a pit. <laughs> you know. Anyway, she's brokenhearted. She's crying crazy tears. And her mother asks, like, what? What's going on? Why are you freaking out like this? And and she didn't she didn't tell them what it was. So that night she went to the grove and she saw the guy there. And then she was so sorrowful and sad. And she said, they're going to part us. Oh, my dear hearts desire the dear gods are angry with us. And we are so young. And he said, remember that we are pledged to one another for all the space and time. And then the two of them again clung to each other, trembling and weeping. Okay. And they bade farewell a thousand times. So they had one last night, Romeo and Juliet style. Of trembling and weeping. And holding hands. And holding hands. And it was very innocent. Yeah. So uh, then she left. And she was just down the road at her house. Yeah. 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 
And they had basically pledged, you know, to be together forever. But now, you know, she was considered such a beauty. Something was off. She was like pale and sullen and like she was really distraught. Shall I ever see him? Must I die of longing? Oh, oh, the weary night. So her mother was like, hey, I'm afraid our daughter's just going to lose her freaking mind. You know, she she's like weeping like crazy. This is exactly what parents say now when their sons and daughters are on computer <laughs> games way too long. <laughs> I am afraid she is losing her freaking mind. That's right. So this is what it was like in the Edo period. Yeah. Now she's at her newly built house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody's like, why is she looking so horrible? The girl's freaking losing her mind. And so that night in her new built house, she took some straw and made it into a bundle and she put charcoal in the bundle and laid it beneath the her father's house. What? And she set the house on fire. She did lose her mind. She did lose her mind and she burnt it merrily. And her father's house again burned to the ground. And now she's like, though, I'll see him. I'll see him again. We'll go back to the temple where my love lives and we'll go back. It'll be simple. It'll be like last time. And then, of course, everyone like figures out that she's the one that did it. And they're like, child, what made you do this thing? And she was like, I'm mad. I did it for love's sake. I will burn down the house. Uh, I did this because I want to be with my lover. And and, And so at this point, she's then arrested. Well, for good reason. Right, because her this fire could set off another huge yeah. fire. At this uh, point she's an arsonist. She is an arsonist. <laughs> and then the dad's like, "Who is your lover?" And then she told her dad and of course everyone's okay, dad's pissed now. Dad's pissed. Everybody's mad. Okay, but okay, so at the time, yes. The penalty for arson is death. death. How did I know that was coming? Okay, but burning at the stake. Burning at the stake. No, yes, but but (laughs) only a child. Yeah, a child cannot be given the death penalty. Okay, and at that time and place, anybody older than sixteen was an adult. So fifteen or below was a child. She was on the cusp. She was on the cusp. So the judge at her trial asked her, "Okay, we've done this whole trial. You are guilty." Um, how old are you? And she's like 16. And the judge is like, no, no, like, how old are you? You're like 15, right? And she's like, no, I'm 16. And he's like, I'm going to ask again. Wait, when did she turn 16? She was 16 in the beginning. I don't know. Whatever the case is, 15 or 16 is the cutoff. Got anyway, it. Okay, so in those days, birth records were not known. Yeah. So a magistrate or a judge could easily verify somebody's birth date by just declaring it so. Got it. She could have said, I'm 12 years old. Yeah, I'm 12. And they'd be like, great, okay. So that's essentially what he's doing. He's like, now tell me how old you are. And wink, she's like, wink. I'm 16. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, you get sent. Sen- tell me how, 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 wink, wink, how yeah. old you are. And she... Either just too she was dumb. She was too dumb to pick up that he was giving her a lifeline, or she was so honest that so, she was like, "No, I am 16." And he's like, "Okay, I guess we gotta sentence you to death." You're real easy on the eyes, girl, but you gotta be thinking this through. Yes. So anyway, I got off the story, but they put her in a stake and piled the wood up around her and then set her afire. And soon the thick smoke rose and it was all for love, she cried with a loud voice. And when she had said this, 
she died. This is a story of not young love, but dumb love. Dumb love. Dumb love, because she just lived down the road from the poor boy. They could have walked. Well, then I don't know. Like, can he get, he's a priest in training. Can he get out of the if temple? He was is doing he kinda... it before in the temple. All he has to do is walk a few, I don't even, just walk a few houses down the lane. You can figure it out. So that's one out. And then the second out is when somebody's winking at you saying, you're really young, aren't you? Just go along like, with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm oh 16. Oh my God, dumb love. Anyway. Dumb love. <clears throat> so she was burned at the stake at Suzugamori. <laughs> In 1683, this is all true. Okay. Often lovers and romantics go visit her actual grave site. It's their current day. Um, And you can visit the neighborhood. You can see all of the well-documented facts and and papers and everything, you know, establishing the name of her lover, the temple, and the date of the first fire, all of that. All of her execution can all be traced precisely back to this moment in time. What do you bet? This is a story that people in Japan love and adore. And I have just made so much fun of this thing <laughs> saying it's all about dumb love. And there's somebody out there going, oh, no, it's a story of beautiful love, naive love, innocent love. It is. It is. It is. But if you think about it way back in the day, yeah, I mean, it's real dumb, but it comes from a place of like, I'm going to I'm going to simply do the thing again that brought me to him in the first place. So I'm just going to burn on my house. She just really wasn't thinking about the ramifications no, of it all. No. Anyway. So they burned her. She burned the house. They burned her. And her yeah. dad was still angry. Yeah. And then the guy, I guess he just kept on being a priest. Yeah. It didn't really work out well for this young thing. <laughs> Um, that's what I have to that's tell you guys about Sumo this week. That's a beautiful story, Leslie. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that with us. I'm moving on to marriage. So I looked a little into marriage okay. this week because I was really confused. Okay. Well, one, I wanted to find out why all these wrestlers get married in February. Or and June. Two, yep. And two, I wanted to find out what's the deal. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, Tara Fuji just got married. And then you look at the story and they're like, actually, he got married two years ago. They just had a party. What is going on there? So here's what I found out. One thing that Japanese couples will often do is they will get a marriage license and they'll get married legally when they register. But then they'll have their public party later on. Terunofuji got officially married, it seems like, when he was in Ozeki mm. the last time. But then he fell way down due to injury. And when you fall in rank, you lose salary. Right. Uh, you're you're expected to do more around the stable. There's big life changes that come along with well, that. You're so not officially allowed to like leave live with your wife, right? Well, I think that depends on the stable and the stable master, but you are expected to do more around the stable. Are you going to be the one that's walking up to Terunofuji being like, you can't live with your wife anymore. You got to clean toilets here. No, no, you probably would not be that person. <laughs> right. But you would probably say, hey, you're this rank now. We need you to do X, Y, and Z. We need you to spend a lot more time training you can't spend as much time as you usually would with your wife. I get mm. the sense that that's happening more often than anything. Mm. But you'll see it's really common for people to announce their wedding after they've had a really good basho. I think what's happening is their oyakata will come in and say, you can't announce, you can't have a party. 
until you have to at least get a kachikoshi or you have to get this like it's it's a compelling reason for them to do well so their oyakata could oh. say you can't have this party until you get 10 wins at the next basho and then you can get married wow. so that sort of thing is happening a lot that i didn't realize so as far as why why there's a lot of weddings in february according to tachi blog it's because there's no there's no regional tour in February. Oh, that's there's right. There's two times of the year. So it's way, basically, it's easier to get your friends and family together when you're not on tour. Right. Because a tour yeah. is, imagine like, hey, a big band goes on a tour in a bus. That's totally what the sumo tour is. They get all these guys, the guys in Jurio and Makuchi division, they put them in the bus and they drive them out to these city centers and they put on a show for people who are interested in sumo. And it's all about drumming up interest for sumo. Mm -hmm. And I looked up the schedules for them and they, you know, they start at eight o'clock in the morning. Like Ooh. you walk in and you can shake the hands of all the wrestlers <gasps> as you walk in and meet them all personally. Oh, I want to do that. I know, Although I'm right? not a morning person, but I would be for that. And then they have Keiko for two hours in the morning that you can watch. And then they do kitty sumo where they get all the kids from the local sumo clubs up there with these guys. And they get like groups of the little kids that try to push over the sumo wrestlers. Yeah, and they seen that video. Yeah, like you, they give all the little kids wedgies. They pick them up by their mawashi. Like all the parents love this kind of stuff. And then there's education that's a part of it. And then they have bouts in the afternoon and they have the, the Yokozuna ring ceremony. So it's a lot happening and it goes on all day. And they might do this in several different towns on a tour, all these guys together. But they're, you know, they don't have their families with them. Right. They might have some of their manservants with them, but not all of them. So it's just really hard to plan a party or a wedding if you're doing that. Amongst all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know that most sumo wrestlers marry older women? What? Yes. Oh, I like it. I like it, too. Why? But if you Why? look... What's the reason? Um, I mean, older women have their shit together? I, I don't know. I think we're just sexier. Well, yeah, but that's obvious. I think, I think there's something to that. They're used to a life of like, <laughs> it's regimented. And I think there's a certain maturity that must come with these guys because they've taken such a serious, I cannot say serious. Serious. They've taken such a serious step in their life to be wrestlers anyway and to live like that. So I think um, that you've got to have a woman that appreciates that and is, is going to be just, more mature and and understand that they have like this other life that pretty much right now takes over all of their, no, both I, their lives. I just think they appreciate style and taste. Yeah, maybe. And wisdom. And, and wisdom. beauty. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Some of them have younger wives, but the vast majority of them have married women that are four to five or six years older wow. than them. Which I, yeah, it's really cool. In America, it's usually guys marrying women who are like 15 years their oh, junior. But it's really lovely to look at another culture and, oh, look at all these young men marrying women that are just slightly older than them. I think it's really wonderful. I just thought it was interesting. Oh, my God. There's a wonderful sumo forum thread out there that's just a thread of wedding pictures <laughs> on these guys. And I'll put it in our show notes. It's really fabulous. But you can look them up and you can be like, oh, my God, this guy's married and that guy's married and that guy. I will say that sumo wrestlers really are normally ma married 
at the top ranks. It would be very rare to have a junior wrestler that's married at a lower rank because they can't. They're not supposed to live with their wife. Right, they're supposed they can't. to live with the boys. I think they have to get permission. And they're really pretty young. Yeah, you, know? you wouldn't want to marry a 19-year-old Yeah, guy. I mean, older guys in their 20s and 30s are mostly, well, I don't know if I, if I should even say mostly going to be in the upper ranks, but the, that's what fills out a majority of those higher ranks, at least right now, and those are the guys that are going to be married, and mostly married in February and June. I wonder if yeah. there's so much, though, there's just so much pressure, though, for them to get married there might be. It is really hard as an American, you know, looking in from another culture yeah. completely to understand what's happening in marriages in another country. Um, I will say, you know, if you go on sumo boards, people write the worst things about why people marry sumo wrestlers and why sumo wrestlers get married. None of that needs to be repeated here. But I will say some of these men appear to be truly in love with their wives and their life and their wives are wonderful people. But arranged marriage has traditionally been a thing in Japan, and it does still happen on occasion. Uh, I mean, I can I don't say, know how often. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Maggie, you are so loud. <laughs> I can say from the experience when I was there yeah. that some of the girlfriends that I would work with were very talented, talented dancers. There was some, I think, societal expectation that when you get married, then maybe you have to quit working. And that happened in our parents' generation, not my personal generation. Right. And so that was still something a little bit different for me is to understand like why all my friends who were like maybe not wanting to get married because they love their job and they were only like 25 or 28 and then they did have a boyfriend, but it kind of meant stepping into a next part of their life that they weren't necessarily ready to step into and they kind of had to whenever they got married i'm generalizing here in a big way yeah but um i mean different cu cultures are are very different and what was that yeah. uh really that interesting documentary of uh, christian amapur did a documentary on yeah. CNN, or netflix about love about in this. japan yeah and there were a lot of people that they had said, I mean, and we had talked about this before, like sexless marriages in Japan as well as here, but the numbers were higher, meaning like in a Japan. Lot of, yeah, a lot of people might have married for certain reasons that they needed to um, financially, or this was a good match, but it may not have been like a love match. And we see that in all kinds of cultures. Yeah. And they're. According to the research I did this week, there may still be marriages of convenience and status. I mean, there are that here, are happening for sure. Traditionally, <laughs> they happened. They ha they traditionally have happened in the sumo world to keep sumo stables in a certain family. Oh, like if an oyakata's daughter seemed to you know take a shine to one of the wrestlers maybe they the would wrestlers, encourage it yeah they would absolutely encourage it because the daughter would know how to run a stable right and let's and that's a huge expectation yeah so for if a wrestler's wife is yes. that you're gonna maybe one half today one day have to run the ship with me yes there's a huge expectation on the wives of stable masters to not only know how to treat people in the jsa but know how to work with sponsors and to know how to mother a whole bunch of young boys that are That's living with nuts. you. There's all sorts of things like that that um, that are expected to sort of go along with the roles. You better love that wife. wrestler a lot to be able to <laughs> but sign I'll, up for that. But but I will <laughs> say that's not happening 
It's not happening everywhere. It's not 100%. Some of these wrestlers, I started to look into their wives, and some of them have married women who have stopped working and are just raising kids. Some of them have chosen that path. Yeah. And other ones have remained working. Like, there's a really wonderful article about... Gosh, the stable master's wife that works at Ichinojo's stable, and she's a physician. Nice. But she gets up at 4.30 in the morning, oh and God. she takes Ichinojo. Whenever there's a basho, she drives him into where he needs to be, and then she goes to work. Then she picks him up after he is done. She brings him back home. Because wrestlers she, can't drive. She mu- Exactly. She <laughs> gives him a massage what? afterwards so that his body feels good. She <laughs> treats him personally if he has any sort of medical issues, and you know, he's like, I'm so appreciative of this woman. And, oh, my gosh. And she's, well, she's so completely wonderful. completely dedicated to all of them. She's So she's working full time and she's taking care of oh these gosh. wrestlers in a stable. So there's women like that, too. There's Ikioi who married a pro golfer. You know, That's it's like right. it's That's all right. over the map. There's, you know. Well, Takayasu married a professional singer. Exactly. So it's not she's like they give continue. up their careers. Exactly. But I imagine it's, you know, it's. Probably just depends. Everyone has personal preference whether or not, you know, they would like to quit working and just... Exactly. Some of these women continue to teach school. Some of them are nurses. Some of them are a mystery. We don't know who they are because the wrestlers don't tell us. Endo? Yes. You married a commoner. And I don't need to tell a you commoner. Same with Abby. Same with, I think Tokushorio did the same thing. He was like, she doesn't want anyone to know who she is. So I'm going to honor that. A lot of these men are marrying women that they highly respect and seem to be on equal grounds with. Mm. Initially, I thought, oh, if all these are marriages of status, this is going to be really disappointing. But it's not that no. case. I mean, Terunofuji, like, credits his whole second rise to his wife, who has been by his side. Exactly. So it's it's a difficult role to fill no matter for it any woman. It seems like you're under the microscope. Yeah, you absolutely would be. I mean, and, it's and being not like every a woman... celebrity's wife here, yeah. her husband, is like people are going to just be watching you all the time to see, yeah. you and, know. And not oh, every woman wants to be watched like that. The wonderful part of the research that I did was the diversity of the women that they are marrying. They come from all walks of life. They're not all the same type of woman. They seem to adore their husbands and they come from all sorts of different cultures and even you know the wives that come from other countries come into Japan and do what is expected they have the full traditional Japanese wedding to fulfill whatever their husband needs to do in the JSA when it comes to a wedding mm. and they they are willing to do that for which is their the loves. case for Ted Nafuji she's Mongolian right they're both Mongolian yeah so she's is doing the same thing. Yeah. And it's a tough road. Like if you think of Tochin Ocean's wife, you know, she came from another country. She came in. She did the whole like marriage thing in Japan. And now she's raising their kid alone because he's not there. He's he's in Japan. She's in a whole nother place. Raising oh, their kid. I assumed that she was here. Or she was here in Japan. She was in Japan. No, she I don't think so. In Georgia. Yeah, I think I think so. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. That's love. I know. These men are on the road a lot, and they're away from their families a lot. So these women, they're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. I think that's our style of sumo here. I'd have to say this might be the most far-fetched episode we've done. It's a little out there. Tie it back to sumo. (laughs) It's a little out there, but you know we got to have these weeks where we're like, let's just talk about love. Let's just follow our curiosity a bit and see where it goes. Yeah, because. It's February. There are so many things that should be happening in the calendar that aren't. 
the things that we miss, like the charity sumo and the Hakaho Cup and yeah. all of these things that got canceled because of coronavirus, we got to follow our curiosity sometime. We do. And we done did it this week. We done did it this week. All right. So that is our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom. That's right. We're always here. Reach out to us. If you like what you hear, subscribe so you can get all of our latest episodes. So until next time, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie. See you later. Sayonara. Bye. It is a totally a fire hazard. <laughs> Everywhere. It is a major yeah. fire hazard. It's like we're in a uh, closet with like seven candles. <laughs>